scripture reading this morning. Right, they're leaving for um, going to college. I going to miss that first part of my sermon that was directed to Cole. Anyway, uh, Joshua 10, beginning at verse 12. Actually, Joshua 10, it tells about a, a battle going on. Five kings of the Amorites fighting against Israel and uh, the Lord says to Joshua, don't worry about it, I've got this one. No one's going to, no one's going to, none of them will be able to withstand you. And so they have an all night march and they get to the battlefield and the Lord threw the enemies into confusion. He sent large hailstones down on them. And then we read in verse 12, on the day the Lord gave the Amorites over to Israel, Joshua said to the Lord in the presence of Israel, sun stand still over Gibeon and you moon over the valley of Ijalon. So the sun stood still and the moon stopped till the nation avenged itself on its enemies, as it is written in the book of Jashar. The sun stopped in the middle of the sky and delayed going down about a full day. There has never been a day like it before or since, a day when the Lord listened to a human being. Surely the Lord was fighting for Israel. And Joshua returned with all Israel to the camp at Gilgal. Along with that story, reading from Hebrews 4. Hebrews 4, and there beginning at verse 8. If Joshua had given them, referring to the people of Israel, if Joshua had given them rest, God would not have spoken later about another day. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God. For anyone who enters God's rest also rests from their works, just as God did from his. Let us therefore make every effort to enter that rest so that no one will perish by following their example of disobedience. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Have you ever wished that you had a few more hours in a day. Have you ever said that it would be nice to have one more day in this very particular busy week that was happening? Oh, if I only had one more day this week. Have you ever noticed how many phrases we use that include the word time? Mitch Album has a wonderful book called The Timekeeper. Uh, if, you want, if you're interested in, in time, it's, it's a fantastic book to read. Uh, but he identifies some of our phrases that include the word time. Past time, waste time, kill time, lose time, in good time, about time, take your time, save time, a long time, right on time. Out of time, mind the time, be on time, spare time, keep time, stall for time. There might be more. Listen to me and don't keep trying to think of more phrases if you can. Can you imagine life without an emphasis on time? It's kind of like imagining a conversation without a reference to the weather. We, We... 
we focus so much about time. We know the month, the day, the year. There's a clock in the wall. There's no, there's no clock in here, and I don't have a watch on. So, um, but usually there's a clock in the wall, or or the dashboard of the car, or you you pull your oh I don't have my phone on me either. You pull your phone out and and check the time. We have a schedule. We have a calendar, a time for particular events. But have you ever wondered how the birds know when it is time to migrate? Or how the trees know when it is time to start changing color on their leaves? Maybe it's that clock that's hidden down in this lower part of the tree trunk you know when they put, when they put the, the, the little, little things in there in the spring to, to get the maple sap out and they, they stick a little clock in there when they take the tap out? And so the tree, no, no. How do tulips bulbs know that it's time to poke up their heads in the spring? Do they have an alarm set? That's an interesting concept tulip bulbs with alarms going off in your front garden. With with all of our focus on time, people alone suffer a paralyzing fear that no other creature endures, a fear of time running out. If only we had more time. This particular event in Joshua 10 serves as a a poignant reminder of how we often live our lives. If we only had more time. So we come to this Labor Day weekend in September, and and we maybe like that sermon title. More summer vacation, please. Um, If only we had more time. How often is that thought our request? We don't want this good thing to end We don't want that train to leave and take our son or daughter to university. We don't want to have to drive out of the parking lot and leave them behind. We don't want the time that that we have together with good friends at the campsite, around the campfire, or wherever it is. We don't want that to end. We don't want death to separate us from the one we love. We don't want this wonderful moment to stop. Can this day last a little bit longer? Can this month go on for a while? Can time stand still just for a little while? When we put too much focus on time, there seems to be a loss of the ability to be satisfied. There's always a quest for more minutes or for more hours or for for faster progress to accomplish more in a day. But the simple joy of living between sunrises is gone. Now, that doesn't seem to be the purpose of Joshua's prayer. It's not just a prayer of convenience or for personal pleasure. He's fighting the Lord's battle. The Lord's help is already coming down from heaven. God's confused the army. He's, he's been throwing down large hailstones. But Joshua wants to finish this job before it gets dark. And so he expresses this, this poetic prayer for the sun and the moon to stand still. 
Now, it's not my intention to explain exactly what happened on that day or how it happened. And I would say that the purpose of this story in the Bible is not to give a scientific explanation of time and space. One commentator explains, In general, it may be said that the biblical view of the world as created by God, who assigned to each heavenly body its function and place, permits a rather literal view of the events reported here. It could have happened in a literal way. Somehow. God's able to do that. It could also be a literary retelling of a story to emphasize God helping his people to win this victory. So instead of focusing on exactly how we're supposed to read this, we learn the message from this story. The book of Joshua, the whole book of Joshua is a story of the fulfillment of God's promises to his people as he brings his people into a place of freedom and rest, a place of of blessing to enjoy this new land. There's battles to fight before that rest is experienced. Joshua leads them through that process that they may experience the rest which God has promised. And that's what the author of Hebrews is suggesting in our reading from Hebrews 4. Joshua's leadership in bringing the people into the promised land is leading God's people to enter God's rest. And that rest is not just an opportunity to sit on a beach or to sit back in a comfy chair. That rest is really a trust in God's care. And so this miracle of the sun and moon standing still is ultimately a story about God caring for his people and Joshua expressing a radical trust with his request. Something amazing happened on that day in response to Joshua's prayer. The point is not being able to understand or explain the miracle, but the point is to to recognize that miracles are for God's glory and serve his purpose. God was showing his people that they could trust in him. They really could. They could even express radical trust in him. And as they expressed that trust, they would enjoy the blessings of God's providential care, enjoying, believing, trusting God's care to provide for us is an experience of entering God's rest. The rest is not just more summer vacation, but an everyday lifestyle of rest and trust in God. This rest, as as it's spoken of in Hebrews, is a reminder that our relationship with God, our, our eternal hope, does not depend on our own work or our own efforts. Yes, we, we have faith. Yes, we we live out this faith in a life of trust and obedience. But the foundation of our hope is the saving work of Jesus Christ, knowing that we are saved from sin, knowing that we are adopted as God's own children through the finished work of Jesus. We can rest in God's care. We can know that he who began a good work in us will carry it to completion the day of Christ Jesus, Philippians 1.6. 
We can know that nothing will separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord, Romans 8, 39. We can know these things because it's God who does the work. And that will affect our work and our efforts and how we live each day and how we look at time. It's not about what I have to do to earn God's favor. It's not about what I have to achieve to prove myself to God or prove myself to others. Nor is it about what I want for my time. It's not about selfishly asking for more time for me so I can enjoy my personal pleasures. It's about using the time we are given to the fullest. It's about using our time for God's purposes, to bring the awareness of his presence and love and blessing to those around us. It's about enjoying the, the, the rest, that, that blessing of rest from God and then sharing that joy, that peace with others. It's about living in a spirit of contentment that comes from trust in God, inviting others to know that peace that comes with that trust. What is it about you? Why are you not racing around and being so crazy? People ask us and, and say, how come you're not so stressed and, 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 and fretting and busy? God's got this. I trust God to be taking care of this. Doesn't mean I'm not busy. Although busy can be a curse word sometimes. It can be an excuse and it can be a label that we give. My day is full. I'm not busy. My day is full. My day is full as I'm serving the Lord. And our trust, our contentment is that testimony of that trust we have in God. Our chief care in life is, not to, is, is to finish the task that God has given us. Joshua was given the time he needed to do the work for God that God gave to him to do for that day. What's our purpose in life? What's your purpose in life? Is it to shop or to garden or to work or to study or to travel or vacation or to retire? No, our chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever in the words of the Westminster Confession. And this is lived out as we honor God in our lives. We honor God when we shop and when we garden and work and study and travel and retire. We honor God in all of those things. We become more and more like Christ throughout our lives and all that we do, allowing the Holy Spirit to transform us to more and more reflect God's glory. 2 Corinthians 3.18 So it's not living with, with sentimental regrets for the past, wishing for longer days and more time. It's living in thankfulness for each day, using what God has given us for the Lord's work. And so that service to the Lord each day becomes a testimony to future generations. The story and prayer of Joshua was recorded in the book of Jashar. Yeah, no, I can't find that in here. We don't have a copy of the book of Jashar. We don't even have a, a manuscript coffee, copy, a scroll hidden somewhere of the book of Jashar. Nobody has seen, in modern day, has seen that book of Jashar. But there's different references in the Old Testament to the book of Jashar. 
And from those references, it seems that, that it's a book that recorded the victories of Israel as a testimony to God's faithfulness through his people. Not a book that recorded how good the people were, but a testimony to God's faithfulness through his people. So let us not live our days to see how much we can cram into one day. But may we live our lives as a testimony of God's work through us. May we be that book of Jashar. A testimony of God's faithfulness through us. A testimony of our trust and surrender to God. So it's the beginning of September, the end of summer, but really it's not the end of anything. It's time to serve the Lord. Time to trust in his care. Time to live for God's glory. To trust in his blessings. Time to live in the hope of eternal rest. Complete freedom from sin where we enjoy God and all of his blessings forever. A time to, to live a taste of that rest already now. Enjoying God's presence already now. Enjoying his blessings already now. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let us pray. Faithful God, generous God, loving God, we we are so thankful for your rich blessings to us. And especially that, that blessing of knowing that we belong to you, that we are your children. You care for us each day. Bless us as we live that trust, as we, we grow in that contentment, as we live our lives to, to the full service for you, to, to love you, to love our neighbor, to be that blessing, to share the blessings you give, to enjoy, rest, resting in your care, in all of the activities of life, Lord, that we, we remember that we rest in your care. And so we offer ourselves to you for your glory and praise in Jesus' name. Amen.